I want you to go ahead and open your Bibles to John chapter 5. If you would, turn to John chapter 5. We're just going to take just a few minutes here. You know, I got to, uh, as, as I almost always do when I go to my dad's to visit, uh, we were there this, this past week in the Houston area, and uh, on, on Wednesday nights, they, they do their healing rooms once a week. Every week they have their healing rooms where they open it up and have people come receive prayer for healing of any kind. And... Uh, you know, one one of the things that was really stirred in my heart that night, which has nothing to do with everything else I'm going to talk about, <laughs> is this, is is the idea of boldness. I got, I got to pray with this uh, lady named, I got to pray with two ladies. We were, we were quite a team here. We had, forgive me for the explanation, but we had an old white lady, <laughs> okay, and she was old, and uh she actually reminded me a lot of Carlene, except Carlene looks way younger, okay? <laughs> okay, just want to say that, even though Carlene's not here. Um, <laughs> but she, she had the same hairstyle, Ronnie, and she just had that same gentle voice, and she had that same love for Jesus. So we had her, and then we had this um, younger, I don't know how old, African-American lady named Suzette, and she was energetic and just... On, just with a lot of boldness, and then you had uh, the the other white dude that was me on the on the prayer team, and so you know one of the things that I was just just challenged with was was the boldness with which they prayed, the boldness with which they went for things. They just they tried all kinds of stuff. We prayed for we had an hour and a half. We prayed for two people. Okay, and I'll tell you maybe a little bit more about it. The first guy we prayed for, he came in. He had all kinds of uh, he'd had a chronic pain issue for a very long time. He had a lot of stuff going on in him, and uh, he couldn't. It was he. It, he was in so much pain when he would sit down, and so, uh, and so we're praying. And so we had him stand up to pray for him, and we're just praying. We're just praying. We're just praying. And we're on. How you doing? You feel any different? No. Feel any different? No. Okay, this story does not have a good ending, okay? <laughs> I know you think it's going to go, but we kept praying, and then he walked out and danced out. No, he didn't go. Uh, he, he got where we finally said, okay, I feel, I feel a little bit better. So he said, what's the pain level? Before it was a six, and now it's a five. And so here's the deal. Suzette was like this. Yes, we've got a five. We got Jesus did something in you. And he kind of looked at her like, he said, no, she said, no, look, look. Thank God for what He's doing right now. Thank Him. Just begin to thank Him. It was a six, and now it's a five. Well, you know, sometimes it just, you know, uh, I don't know what's going on. And so as we're praying for Him, He's like, He's talking Himself out of anything that we were praying about. <laughs> totally, just everything we said positive, He would just go, well, but you know, oh, some, but it comes back later, and blah, 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 this. And so we prayed for that guy for a long time. But here's the deal. Suzette was not afraid to just say what she needed to say and just go for it. 
She said, I know we're not praying for your hips, but we're just going gonna, gonna to pray for your hips to get aligned. It had nothing to do with your hips. Uh, it had to do with his internal organs uh, in a sensitive area, and we'll just say it that way. And so um, I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to pray for your hips. And so we, we prayed for that guy. And uh, afterwards, um, you know, my, my, my dad was talking about that and said, Oh yeah, I've known that guy for a long time. He's got the spirit of Eeyore on him. Okay, anybody know Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Okay, I just watched the movie Christopher Robin, uh, which is a pretty good movie actually. Um, and uh, you know, Eeyore just Eeyore is that person that you know you can, you can give him a hundred dollars and say, well, I'm probably going to lose it though. You know, <laughs> uh, well, you know, it, it's it's probably going to blow away in the wind. And well, you know, it's not. I really needed two hundred dollars. You know, and. <laughs> You know, that's, that's the spirit of yours. No matter what good happens, there's always a negative. There's always something that's worse. Something bad is going to happen to me today. You know, when you wake up, you know, the opposite of the spirit of yours, you wake up and you say, something good is going to happen today. So if you wake up and say, something bad is going to happen to me today, then, then you need to get rid of the spirit of yours. Okay, just, just get that donkey out of you. Okay, he's a donkey. So you can get rid of that donkey. So... <clears throat> Anyway, but I, I was challenged with boldness. You know, one of the things that, you know, a couple of things that we, we need is we don't need to learn anything else. We just need to act on what we already know. We need obedience and boldness to do what God has called us to do. That's not what the message is about today, but I'm giving it to you for free. It's one of the things that the Lord has been, been speaking to me. That if we just obey, if think of this. How much, now, if you're new to walking with Jesus, then you can take this, so you can just close this, your ears right now, okay? Uh, but if you've been walking with Jesus for at least five years, I'm just going to put a five-year limit on it. If you've been walking for Jesus for five years, are you living up to everything you know? Are you obeying all that you already know? If you aren't, then why do you need anything else? Why, why do you need more information? You, what you need is more obedience, what you need is more boldness. What you need is more action. If you're not living up to what you already know, it doesn't matter if you learn more. You just have more stuff that you're responsible for. It's like, don't teach me anything else. Okay, so, so I'm not going to teach you anything else today. <laughs> but we are going to look at John chapter 5. Um, so that was the free sermon. Okay, this one's the one that you paid for. Um, John chapter 5. Everybody in John chapter 5? <laughs> I'm about to say something else that I can't say. <laughs> We're going to read the Bible, okay? My wife says to read the Bible. Uh, we caught lots of fish there too. Uh, you can ask Evan and he will tell you exactly how many fish he caught because, you know, who's keeping track of how many fish you catch? But yes, there he was. <clears throat> So John chapter 1 and verse 5, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to open the word of God as we read this encounter with, with uh, Jesus in it. It says this, after this, a Jewish festival took place and Jesus went up to Jerusalem by the sheep gate in Jerusalem. There is a pool called Bethesda in Aramaic, which has five colonnades within these colonnades, these, these columns, these, this area, lay a large number of the disabled, blind, lame, and paralyzed. Verse 5, 
One man was there who had been disabled for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and realized he'd already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the disabled man said, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. Did you see Eeyore there? (laughs) He showed up right there. Jesus just asked the question, Do you want to get well? And he just started making excuses. Well, you know, well, I can't really get to the water. See, here's the deal. What, what there was, and if, if you have an older Bible, New King James or King James, it'll have the verse 4 which said, An angel came down and would stir the waters, and the first person in the water after that, the belief was is that they would get healed. So that's why all those disabled and lame and sick people were just around this pool because they were waiting for the water to be stirred because the belief was this. We don't know for sure if this is really true that the angel was there, but the, the belief was there. They believed that when the water was stirred, the first one in the pool got healed. Okay, not sure why it's only one, limited one. I don't know if it's one a day or what, but this is what they believed. And so that's why this guy answers this way. He, said, he says, no, I, I can't make it in the water. You know, well, why don't you lie closer to it then? <laughs> Have someone drag you where you're right there. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's... We don't know why. So it says in verse 8, Get up, Jesus told him. Pick up your mat and walk. And instantly the man got well, picked up his mat, and started to walk. Now that day was the Sabbath, and so the Jews said to the man who'd been healed, This is the Sabbath. The law prohibits you from picking up your mat. Uh, Only a religious person would see somebody who just got healed and... (laughs) Tell them what they're doing wrong. Okay, So he replied, the man replied, the man who made me well, he told me to pick up my mat and walk. Who is this man who told you pick up your mat and walk, they asked. But the man who was healed did not know who it was because Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. And after this, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see you are well, do not sin anymore so that something worse doesn't happen to you. The man went and reported to the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. Therefore, the Jews began persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Never mind that a guy who couldn't walk for 38 years got up and now could walk. See, the religious spirit will always move you away from what God is doing to what other people are doing wrong. It will always move you to get your eyes off of what the Holy Spirit is doing to say, well, you know, it says you're not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> and it may be even be true that because according to the law, he was not supposed to be doing that on the Sabbath. Jesus didn't seem to think that was a rule worth keeping. <laughs> Jesus said, hey, someone greater than the Sabbath is here when he showed up. He said, hey, all your stuff you've got figured out, uh, one greater than all those others before you has come. And so I want us to just take a couple thoughts here with this encounter that this, this, uh, this disabled man has with Jesus. And the first, first part starts where Jesus asks him a question. He says, do you want to get well? You have to ask yourself that question too, and Jesus asks that question to us all the time. Whatever issue it is you're facing, it could be a physical challenge, it could actually be a, a healing issue where you need healing in your body, it could be 
uh, a thing you're struggling with, uh, thoughts you, you struggle with. It could be a relationship. It could be this. Uh, it could be, you know, struggles in your family or in your marriage, uh, with your parents. Whatever it may be, the question is going to be, do you want it to, do you want to get well? And you can answer like the blind, like the, 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 not the blind man, the disabled guy. He said, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I've tried this before and it didn't really work. And, and you don't know how they are. And, you know, I, I've really struggled with this. And, or the doctor said this. And we can begin to make all our excuses. And so here's how you identify something very interesting. This is like, this is called a picture of the victim. The victim spirit right here, is whenever you are asking them or ministering to them or speaking truth to them, they say, well, you know, and here's my excuse. That's what the guy said. I can't get into the water first. You know, I just, I just, I just can't crawl my way in. You know, we don't know how disabled he was. Maybe he could move the top half of his body. Whatever he was, he was laying on his mat. He couldn't get up from the mat. And so uh, we're not sure how many people were around there, but there were probably hundreds. I mean, if there was a pool of water where you could just get in, the first one in was healed, and it was in Midland. First of all, a pool of water would be a miracle. But let's just say there was one, okay? And you could get there. I mean, there would be, you know, the water was stirred. Man, there would be people right there. You know what, for me, I'd be sitting... Like this, you know, <laughs> like put me where I'm like one inch from the water, <laughs> not, not on the back end, man, get me up front. You know, maybe he could, he didn't get there. Well, I don't get here early enough. You know, the front row's taken. You know, when you get to the front row, that's the good seat. So, um, you know, I just couldn't make it in, you know. And so, you know, the second guy we prayed for was, was like this. It was incredible. Uh, so we only prayed for two people an hour and a half. My dad had already warned me, oh, this guy is, is like totally demonized. He's, he's in bondage. He's seen all this stuff. So we get up there and uh, he says, we're like, what do you need? Well, I don't, I don't know. I, well, why are you here? I, I don't really know. And we're, you know, I'm, so his friend was there and says, oh, he struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts. And he's had all this stuff. He's been into black metal and some, maybe some satanic music and stuff. And so... Okay, so we're like, well, we want, we're going to pray with you. He says, well, I've had that happen before and it doesn't really do anything. <laughs> and so we talked to him a little bit more and we're, we're trying to ask him questions and do all this. And okay, well, let's, you know, you know, what you need is you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so the ladies are like, they're going, man, when I, we experience the Holy Spirit, here's, they're giving their testimonies. Here's what God did in my life. I didn't know anything. And then the Holy Spirit just touched my life. And it was totally different. And all this, he says, well, I, I just don't think that's going to work for me. I mean, I've, I've had that happen before. And, you know, other people have prayed and nothing, nothing happened. So it's, it's not going to change anything. I mean, at this point, all of us are about ready to, to smack this dude. Okay. <laughs> Aren't you like... <laughs> you're talking us out of it. You're trying to talk us. But here's the deal. It was, it was not him speaking. It was the enemy. The thoughts of the enemy in his life. Where he was so in bondage that he, he, you know, he was just saying things. And so finally I just asked him, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Because they're wanting me to pray with them to receive the Holy Spirit. I'm like, do you even know Jesus? Now he said he'd been to church. He'd been baptized. He'd had all this stuff. But I'm like, I don't care about all that. I, have you, is Jesus the Lord of your life? I said it in a nice, calm voice. Not, not like I am now. <clears throat> That's how I felt inside, though. It was like... 
<laughs> Who can I grab here? Jacob. <laughs> Just grab his shirt, you know. And God, is Jesus the Lord of your life? And so it was kind of, <laughs> you know what he said, right? Well, I've done that before, and it didn't really seem to do anything. <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> My dad's over there laughing at us. No, okay, because he, he, he assigned us. You know, he's like, you get to pray with, if that guy comes in, he's going to be in your group, and I'm putting this lady with you, uh, the older lady. Like, she's the expert. I'm like, well, do something. <laughs> I'm looking over at her, over at Carlene's lookalike. Do something, you know? <laughs> And so, so I said, okay, fine, let's, let's just pray right now. And so, so just, just repeat after me. And I was just going to pray this. I'm not even going to pray about Jesus. I'm just going to pray, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. I'm like, you need to meet Jesus. So I said, so just pray this. <laughs> we said this too. He's like, well, I've tried the repeating prayer before too, and it didn't really work. <laughs> just stop talking, Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you when to talk. Okay, so <laughs> this is really, I'm dead serious. You, you're laughing. This is how, this is the prayer. This one, like, almost an hour, I think, with this guy. Okay, and we almost got started praying now. So I said, okay, just, just say, Jesus, come reveal yourself to me. I hear silence. I'm like, just repeat after me, okay? Jesus, re- will you reveal yourself to me? He says, I can't say it. So that's when Suzette gets all... <laughs> you know that head shake thing? I can't do it because I'm white. Okay, and <laughs> she gets up, stands behind him. She goes, in the name of Jesus. She starts, lying spirit, you be quiet. In the name of Jesus, she just starts talking to all these demons and telling them to shut. She says, now pray. You repeat after me. Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life. He says, Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life. Forgive my sin. Do all this stuff. He just repeats everything. I would have said done anything she wanted me to do either. Too. Like, whatever she says, I'm going to do right now. Because <laughs> she was operating in authority. She had boldness. She was obeying what God said, said her to do. And so, you know, we got him to pray that prayer. And then we got him to pray a prayer, the, the short prayer that just said this, Jesus. Then we said, okay, do you want the, the Holy Spirit to baptize you? Well, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, and then he said this, well, I know things that you don't know. I've, I've been on these spiritual journeys that you, you guys don't really know anything. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. <laughs> Okay, we didn't do that, okay? Uh, not even Suzette did that. She told me later, I was about to strangle that guy. <laughs> but we knew, look, again, it was, he was being lied to. It, it's, it's not him. You know, in John 8, here, let me, let's read that scripture right now. I know we're jumping around, but there's, that's okay. Uh, John 8 and verse 44 tells us about the devil. It says this, He's talking to the Pharisees. You, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and, and does not stand in the truth because there, there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature or his native language because he is a liar and the father of lies. Here's a, here's, here's a newsflash for you. No matter who you're dealing with and, and when you come into contact with anybody, even in here... We're being lied to all the time. There is somebody trying to lie to us. It's not the devil himself. He's got his assistants. All the demons are coming. But you know what? There's always someone who is coming to lie to you and lie to someone else that you're trying to speak 
truth into. So you have to make sure that you don't start agreeing with the lie. Because this guy, he had a constant stream of lies. It was almost like, well, I've tried that before and it didn't work. And tried that before. I was about to say, you know what? This probably isn't going to work. I mean, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'm beginning to think nothing's going to happen here. And so I'm agreeing with what the enemy is saying in my head. I'm kind of like, okay, what are we going to do? Oh, man, what? God, is there any hope for this guy? And it's like, that, yes, there is. The truth is there's hope for him that Jesus is able to deliver him. So we got him, we got him to a point where, where he actually repeated the prayer that said, Jesus, come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. And then we're like, okay, we're just going to start speaking in tongues. He's like, well, I'm not going to do that. That's weird. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, it's weird, of course. It's different, it's strange, but it's powerful. And so, anyway, finally there at the end, his, you know, even though he still wasn't like jumping around the room in freedom, there was a small change in the way his face looked. We said, hey, look. She's like, look, you're smiling now. You weren't smiling when you came in. He said, she said, something happened to you. Something happened to you. Well, I don't feel. And she said, it doesn't matter how you feel. Something happened to you. If you said Jesus is Lord of my life, then something happened to you. We're not talking about your feelings here. We're talking about your spirit. Okay? Your fe- we're going to deal with your, fe- your feelings get dealt with later. Uh, we're talking about truth here. Truth happens in the spiritual realm, in the spirit. And something happened in your life. And he's like, okay. He, f- he finally didn't say, well, you know, I can't make it into the wire. Well, you know, uh, this and that. And so... Here's the deal is we have to understand is whenever you start to make excuses or you're with someone that's making excuses, there is somebody lying to them. There's somebody lying to you that says, oh, well, poor is me. I can't, da, 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 you know. And so that is the victim spirit. I don't know if it actually has the name, the victim spirit, but whatever those, those enemies of God are that come around, they come and whisper and they try to make you make excuses. They try to make other people make excuses for being stuck where they are. When Jesus said, the truth is, you will know the truth and the truth will what? Set you free. So the truth is there is freedom for anybody who is in bondage to anything. Anybody who is trapped by something, anybody who needs help for something, anybody who needs saving for something, the truth is that Jesus has delivered you. He has bought and paid for every freedom that is that is possible on earth for humanity. And our job is to come into agreement with what he's doing. Jesus later in this in this John chapter 5 says this uh, in verse 19. So this is right after all this happens. <clears throat> Jesus talks about, my father is always working, and I'm at work also. In verse 19, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, the son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son likewise does those things. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. And he will show him greater works than these, so that you will be amazed." And so Jesus makes an amazing statement there where he says, guess what? I can't do anything that my father is not doing. Now, if Jesus, if Jesus said that, 
It's a shocking statement. Jesus, Jesus could not just do anything he wanted to do. Well, Jesus could do anything. No, actually, he couldn't. This verse says he could not. While he was on earth, he was a picture of perfect humanity, the way humanity was meant to be. So if you want to know what a human looks like, what your life is supposed to look like, you have to look at the life of Jesus. And Jesus, he says, I can't do anything without my Father doing it. If he's not doing it, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I want to. It doesn't matter if it's good. It doesn't matter if, if it's something that's, that's even beneficial. He's like, look, there's going to be no power there. There's going to be no strength there. Notice that Jesus only healed one guy at the pool. I mean, this is one of those times. There's a lot of times where it says Jesus healed everybody. It says they brought the crowds. It was like the, the healing line at church, you know. There's only one prayer, I guess, though. I don't know if maybe the disciples were praying or trying to get, learn it, but boom, it says everybody got healed. It says there's, you know, the whole town comes and gets healed uh, and all this. But this time, guess what? There were hundreds of people there. There are all these disabled and sick and, and paralyzed and lame and blind, it says, and Jesus only healed one of them. Why did he do that? Did he not care? No, this is what the Father was doing. Jesus said, I can only do what my Father is doing. So we have a choice of agreement anytime we're ministering to someone, anytime you're living life. You have a choice of agreement in your life. You can agree with the liar or you can agree with the Father. You can also just agree with your own flesh. You know, that's about the three options there are. There's the Father, the devil, and the flesh. You, those, are the, those are your three options. Only agreement with the Father brings breakthrough and freedom. If you agree with anyone else, just your own weaknesses, your own self, your own ideas, it can be a nice idea. We have nice ideas as humans. We invented cars. We invented cell phones. Maybe that was nice. I don't know. We invented, you know, all these things. We have nice ideas, but they, they're not, it's, it doesn't set anybody free from bondage. It doesn't help someone overcome depression. It doesn't free someone who's uh, in pain and chronic pain and can't get, get, get free from it. And the doctors don't know why the pain's there. We, you know, we need the Father at that moment. We need Father God to do what only He can do. And I need to align myself up with what the Father is doing. If Jesus couldn't do anything without the Father, then who am I to think I could do something without the Father? I don't know for sure if we did everything that the father wanted to do with this, this young guy that was there, but we tried our best. <laughs> and it was no thanks to Pastor John. Thank goodness Carlene's lookalike and Suzette were there. <laughs> I always learned so much praying with their healing room people because, like I said, they just, they just go for everything. They're like, we don't, we don't care what this guy thinks. <laughs> we, don't, we don't care, you know. You're going you're gonna to get something from God. We're going we're gonna to pray until something... If there's this much breakthrough, we're going to pray until there's this much breakthrough. I mean, I've been there and there's people that walked out and just totally pain-free and totally set free and healed. And that's 
Obviously, that's really a lot more fun. Uh, but sometimes you're just giving somebody a little bit of truth, a little bit of freedom, and they, they can just take hold of just a little bit. You know, maybe this, this guy, maybe there's a little bit of freedom. Now, next time he's got all these voices coming at him, there's another voice that's going to come and say, no, listen to me. The voice of the Father is going to say, hey, listen, this, this is truth. You'll know, you'll know me and you'll, you'll, begin to set, you'll be set free. You will know the truth. Again, knowing the truth is not about just knowing a bunch of things in your head. You know, it's not about, okay, let's memorize all these things. Jesus is God's son. Jesus does this. You know, that's, that's not knowing the truth. We think in the United States and Western culture that knowing truth is in our heads. Uh, it's not how it works in, in, in the kingdom of God. Knowing truth is in our hearts. And you know you know the truth when you act on it in obedience. Sharon Suzette. Sharon Suzette, all right. You can rock it. Going for it, praying with boldness. That's that's what we want to see. So my question to you is is one is is three things as we close is this. Just a real short, simple message today is number one, if you're in a place where you need to get well, Jesus is asking you, Do you want to get well? Or are you just going to keep lying around making excuses? Well, this hasn't happened yet. Well, okay. I mean, Jesus, did, Jesus said some serious stuff to this guy. Notice he said, hey, you better stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. There is a consequence for sin. You're, we're all forgiven. If you're a child of God, you're forgiven of sin. That has nothing to do with changing, you know, getting you out of heaven or getting you out of being God's child. But it does affect us still. There is, there is open doors and closed doors. You know, uh, there's two ways to walk in obedience. I didn't do this. So I'm going to throw this in at the end here. Number one is you, you obey God by closing doors. In other words, that's the bad stuff where you close the door. But the second one is just as important. When God tells you to do something, you need to obey Him and step out and do, do what He's calling you to do so that you have open doors. You want the bad door closed. You want the good door open. Obedience does both. It closes the door and opens the door. Do you want to get well? And what is the Father calling you to do? Who are you in agreement with? Are you in agreement with the Father you in agreement with your own self or are you in agreement with the liar? Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now I just I just want to pray for anybody. I'm not even going to look. I'm closing my eyes right now. So if this, if this is you, if you say, I've got the spirit of Eeyore on me, I've got the victim thing that it just, it just takes control of me and I start making excuses and I, I'm kind of stuck, uh, I want to pray for you right now and I want you to just do something. Either lift your hand up to God, put your hand on your heart, put your, actually put your hand on your head, 
put your hands on your head and we're just going to pray and believe that there's going to be a breakthrough in your way of thinking. Notice Jesus still healed this guy. This guy had no faith. God sometimes just comes in and does something. It's not up to us. It's not, because, it's not by works. It's by grace through faith. And so uh, right now in the name of Jesus, we come to you. Lord, anybody who's just stuck in the Eeyore, Lord, I just pray for a transformation, God, that you would transform them into Christopher Robin or Tigger or somebody else in the name of Jesus. Let these thoughts go. Let this victim spirit not have control over these people. Lord, I don't know who they are. You're looking at them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, let the voices be silenced that need to be silenced and let the voice of the Father come awake and come alive in their spirits right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, the voice that says, I can't or it's not going to happen will be quiet in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all the possibilities, Lord, all the, all the hope to be released right now into their spirits. Lord, it would affect their, their minds and their thoughts in Jesus. Jesus name. Lord help us, Lord, as we minister to people that we will come into agreement with you, Father God, not with what they're believing, not with our own ideas, Lord, not with what the liar is saying, but with what you are doing, God. Without you we can do no thing. Nothing. And so we we ask you to continue to help us depend not on our own strength and our own talents, God, but on what you are doing. We trust in you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you want prayer, if you still want some prayer for something, there are several of us who will stay here as long as we need to to pray for you. Be blessed as you go.